detective. Thrill me. Thanks for joining us again. Another horror episode, just Jared and me this time. Nightmare on Elm Street 4, Jared. Yes. Let's see how this plays out. Are you excited? <laughs> excited is not the word I was going to use, but <laughs> let's see how this plays out because, again, it's another one that I haven't spent a lot of time with recently. No, I haven't, I haven't watched it in quite a while. I think yeah. the last time I watched it was when I watched the Never Sleep Again doco. Which is quite a few years back. Yeah, I kind of ran through the series in sort of turn with the chapters in the in the doco. Good way of doing. So yeah, it's been a little while. So it'll be interesting. I'm sure it'll be an interesting review. That's one word for it. Let's let's go to what we've been watching. What's right. your short list for me? I spent a bit of time with Nos Nosferatu Nosferatu on Amazon. Oh yeah, is that the the Joe Hill? Hill? Yeah. So I listened to the audiobook Is before it any I started the series. It's all right. It's all right. I, I like the idea. I like the book. The show streamlines some stuff, changes the timeline quite significantly. Yeah. Tries to add a little bit, which sometimes comes off as a bit, bit naff in the show. The way they're kind of describing the abilities and and things like that. Um, and they try to add a little bit of backstory that wasn't in the book for Charlie Manx, who's the 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 bad guy hmm. some of it works some of it's not not so great yeah. all in all I'm enjoying it okay there are parts of it that drag a little bit though but it's got some really cool like it's got some really interesting relationships between like the, the family members the main character starts as a young girl and then in the in the book there's an age difference of I don't know exactly the age difference but it feels like about it's probably mentioned explicitly in the book but I think it's about 15 odd years between the start and the, the finish yeah in the series it's not she's just a young girl the whole way and I can see why because they might want a series 2 out of this sure but yeah it, it plays with kind of I think some of the strengths of the book are still in the series like I, I like the, the the kind of relationships developing between her and her parents because it's quite a complicated sort of back and forth between her and her parents her dad especially who's painted as doing some pretty pretty terrible shit but is still kind of likeable in his own ways he's still on his side in some ways yeah which is really sort of confronting in a way because you're like I don't dislike the guy but the stuff that he's done is not great yep. so yeah it's it's still still interesting enough in those ways still still enjoying it I think I've got about uh, three episodes to go so Amazon Prime coming out with Amazon some fresh Prime, yeah, originals yeah. some of the original stuff is probably <laughs> where I'm looking more to yeah. to hang on to it than uh than some of the other stuff that they're dropping, although they don't, they still are you know sneaking the odd little unappre- underappreciated eighties and nineties kind of <laughs> movies on there. What if else that's the way to? you want to describe them? The Bouncer, JCVD. JCVD. How is he? Uh, I quite liked it. Yeah, I quite liked it. He has to do a little bit. Is of... Is it more uh, of a drama than an action picture? Uh, it's sort of an action picture, picture, but with more of those European kind of sensibilities I think where they they spend a little more time on the character and he is required to do a little more acting than usual and the, the action scenes aren't how we would normally see action scenes done they're, they're um, a little bit different yeah. but I, I quite liked it okay. um, so okay. if you like JCVD I'd probably check it out it's not not a not a classic, but it's it's okay. better than what you would normally get from him okay. in my humble opinion mm-hmm. 
I'm a JCVD fan, so I'll probably yeah, check it out. You'll, you'll love it. I don't know why, but I, I just felt the need to try to find the Barry Gordy martial arts flick, <laughs> The Last Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, Barry Gordy being the Motown music why? producer. I don't know. I just I decided. Now, was he involved? Yeah, well, was he in it or was he no, 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 he, made he, it? He, he, I think he put the money up for it and whatever. So it's essentially a martial arts uh, flick with you know African American actors and yeah. it was it was okay. Is it it had some, no, it's not. It's it's not terrible. It had some really stupid parts, but some of it was okay. It's just kind of like a I don't know. It's got a bit of a bloody sort of double dragon kind of feel to it in some ways okay. and it's just um, it's what just year a, was it an 80s film 85 I think right. Vanity's in it Vanity? so I seem to be I seem to be inadvertently her. just working my way through Vanity's filmography uh, the the hit the hit song from the movie was Rhythm of the Night oh yeah DeBarge DeBarge yeah it's I don't know I wouldn't go seeking it out unless you had some sort of Interest to watch it, it which for some reason I did. Amazon Prime. Uh, oh, there's a couple of streaming places you can get it now. So it wasn't on Amazon. Tubi. Not even they wanted to touch it. Well, I didn't check Tubi. <laughs> funnily enough, I've, I haven't opened Tubi for a while. <laughs> um, you should. They probably yeah, got something. You yeah, might. Yeah, they might have something. One or two movies out of the bloody hundreds on there. Um, well, someone's got to have that shit. I mean, <laughs> well, true, true. But this is the problem. There's bloody. By the last check, I think I had access to bloody six streaming services. If Disney, I include Tubi, Disney, Netflix, so Stan, Tubi, Stan, Netflix, Amazon Prime, Ch- Amazon Prime, Tubi, and I've I can sneak into Foxtel if required. <laughs> so there's a little bit of crossover, but there's so much stuff that's still not on there. Hmm. I was like, I was reading something the other day on on one of the websites. I kind of just frequent every now and then that was mentioning how despite the the wealth of streaming services that owning physical copies of shit that you like is more important than than ever because there's so many that just go under the radar yeah and I'm looking at it I'm saying it is like there's things that I really really love to to watch that I can't find on any of those things that's true so if I didn't have them in the cupboard (laughs) in the bloody DVD shelf I I wouldn't find them Um, well we would struggle to do this this oh, podcast because fuck, how many times have we digging through my boxes through and found a DVD to knock <laughs> yeah, out yeah, exactly <laughs> um, so yeah it's and uh, the kind of crap we're interested in it's probably more likely you're going to have it you've got to have yeah, it yeah of course I mean even the big franchises the Halloweens and the Friday the 13th and I've got access to a handful of them like if I go onto Amazon Prime I can find Friday the 13th 2 and 3 Yep. I don't think I can find any of the other ones. Possibly Freddy vs. Jason on one of them. Yep. Nightmare on Elm Street. Is remake is Nightmare on Elm Street, good somewhere. fucking luck, unless it's the remake. They're fucking nowhere. Yeah. Candyman, they popped up. That was just an example that we were looking for recently. I think one of them popped up on Amazon. Yeah, couldn't was, um, find the original. Candyman, Farewell to the Flesh. Yeah, he couldn't find the original on the streaming. So... I don't know. It's a bit of a pain in the ass. Like we've got, we've got <laughs> access to everything, and Disney too. I'm a little bit disappointed because the reason I jumped on Disney was I wanted to go and see a couple of their more kind of old school. That period where one of the bloody sons-in-law or whatever took over and made a couple of random ones like the Black Hole, and then he yeah. made the Watcher in the Woods, which was yeah. like a horrorish kind of. And Is then that on was, there? That's not on there. I don't think. And then something wicked this way comes isn't on there. Like. A little bit disappointed, but hopefully we get them eventually. Um, right. 
So yeah, the last thing I watched today was I, t- oh, again another kids one. Spies in disguise. Spies in disguise. How was it? It wasn't too bad. I was expecting it to be pretty. The whole pretty idea rough. behind it seems it quite seems stupid. Really, yeah. I actually thought it. I, I was when I was looking at it. I was like, oh, I kind of just like the idea of the the inventor guy wanting to be in on the on the spy stuff, which is probably something we've seen before in different variations. But look, it wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's copable. Given Will Smith's kind of recent form output, a sort of seven out of ten effort's not too bad for him. Yeah, true. So yeah, that everything. That's it. All right. I right, a little bit going. The Confession Killer. I watched that on yes. Netflix. Yep. Mate, there is no way that bloke. He said he killed 500 people. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Not on your life. There, there's 20 that they've discounted from DNA. Yeah. Including one where he confessed she disappeared. They didn't know where her body was. Yeah. They found her car with her corpse in it. In a frozen lake, she had drowned. Right. She'd driven into the lake and drowned. And this fucking bozo... Claimed it. Claimed it. What it was, what I think the documentary did reasonably well... I'm not saying he didn't kill people. I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah. But he was talking in the hundreds. Yeah. And... Just to clarify, this is the bloke that Henry... Henry Lee Lucas, ...was, was yeah. based on. Yeah. Yeah, um... And he had that fucking weird accomplice of his too, Otis Tool. Yeah. It basically showed that the police in a lot of these places wanted to close cases, essentially. Yeah, yeah. And Henry Lee Lucas... And at a time, probably didn't have the resources yes. to come up with anything other than... Well, they couldn't look into confessed. it. Yeah. Yep. They couldn't look into it. And what they were doing, and as one bloke was saying, the district attorney was saying, if you watch the tapes... They come in with crime scene photos and shit, and they show them to him. Yeah, and he and then he just c- cooks it all together. Yeah, and the thing is, he was he came up in a shit family, and you know he was he was a piece of shit. He was getting you know treated like great guns. Yeah, so yeah. he was just continuing to confess. Yeah, I mean they did one thing where they actually showcased in one month he said he killed twenty five people across America. Mm. And they tracked it all out, 11,000 miles by car. Yeah. And they said he could have been on a fucking Scud missile and he wouldn't have been (laughs) able to do it. Yeah. So I think he was just a giant liar. And the cops basically used it. To close a few. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was one guy on there who refused to admit Surely, at least you look. Surely, you're looking at it and going, mm, "Yeah, maybe, maybe he didn't. He confessed to a few that he didn't do." Yeah, yeah. At the very least, you might be thinking, yeah. "Well, yeah, okay, there's probably a couple that you know he kind of went for because he recanted all of it yeah. later." Yeah. Look, it was interesting. Uh, it wasn't brilliant. It wasn't really good. Yeah, you know, I put it on par with something like the old uh, Evil Genius mm. with. Um, <laughs> similar amount of genius <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but it wasn't great stuff but it was interesting yep I, we, we, we did we watched the second season of You mm-hmm. look the show grew on me I didn't particularly think the first season was that great I understood what it was going for and I found it interesting in the sense that it was kind of like a stalker's tale 
told from the stalker's perspective and they, they're trying to make you feel like he's likeable. Yeah. Uh, and the guy who plays him is good. He's really good. The second season threw a couple of little twists into it because they ended it on a kind of a cliffhanger and it came around quite well hmm. because it kind of threw him under the bus a touch. He's suddenly feeling like he's in the cor- he's being cornered. Yeah. And I think that kind of worked in its favour and it was quite interesting. Nothing it, look, I wouldn't call it brilliant, but it was it was, you know, quite watchable stuff. I went back to Slasher, season two, Guilty Party. Yeah. Three episodes in. You know what my thing about Slasher is? It's actually too long. Yeah. Each season could be better served being about six episodes. So why did you jump into season two? Because I remember that being my personal favourite. Right. And I thought I'd go back to it and sort of retouch on it. And again, I love the, I know what you did last summer kind of yeah, vibe. Yeah. I, I love the campground stuff. I love the the idea of being snowed in and yep. trapped. But this it's takes too long to build the characters. So, yeah. Yeah, this is why slasher movies are 90 minutes. <laughs> because you, you, you get it in there, you get your villain, you set them up. Yeah, it's not known for characters we want to spend eight exactly. episodes with. Yeah. And there's only a few that can pull it off. Yeah. Like Scream's two hours long. Yep. But you, that extra half hour gives you the character development you need. And so it kind of drags. Even though I like what they were doing, it kind of drags. But I'll probably punch through the rest just to see how it plays out again. Because I remember the I, we picked the the twist, and I remember not particularly liking it. <laughs> um, no, I don't think that would prove it all. Interesting to see how I feel about it after watching it again. I watched a couple of episodes of The World According to Jeff Goldblum hmm. on uh, Disney Plus. You know, it's kind of cool. A little half-hour shows where he just takes a little. He takes a, something that he's interested in and he, he goes through it. Yeah. And because of his celebrity status, he's got a bit more access than most other people would have. Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's a weird sort of... Eccentric. Eccentric kind of guy. Cat. And so it brings this kind of interesting take on everything. And he always closes out the show by sort of saying what he thinks. Yeah. Not, I've got this, that and the other and this is what it is. It's kind of how I feel about it. Yep. And, you know, he's an engaging cat. Mm. So I found it kind of funny and, you know, interesting. So it's not a bad little watch. We watched Moana. Yep. On Disney Plus as well. It's just not one of the good ones, unfortunately. Yeah, I thought it was all right. It's all right, but I wouldn't, you, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't put it on par with any of, like, the real, real clack gem Pixar ones. No, yeah, your toy not stories like the best of the best. Stuff. No. It's a, it's a tier lower, but it was okay. Yeah, it's all right. Looks beautiful. Yeah. Like, yeah. absolutely looks beautiful. And, the you know, the technology and the Pixar stuff is at its absolute peak at that point. We watched the Imagineers, the documentary mm-hmm. about the Imagineers. Yep. Yeah, that was really interesting stuff. It's really interesting to see the whole dynamic of how Walt Disney built it his yep. brother took over, I think. Yeah. And then in 1984, they they actually went outside of the Disney Corporation and got Michael Eisner and yeah. this other bloke. So that was after, because I think it was when the brother died. Yes. Was a small period when 
He's, it was one yeah. of us. It was a sun or, or um, yeah, somebody. And that's when we got the weird the black weird hole shit. and yeah. stuff like that. And that's when I think it was after that is when Eisner came yeah. in, right? So yeah. Eisner comes in with this other bike, and they're businessmen. And the Imagineers were saying, We're finished. You know, yeah. Disney was actually in a bit of trouble financially. Yep. And they were saying, You know, we're finished. You know, they, these guys, they're business guys, they're about finance, they're just going to cut us. Mm. And they said, Day one, these two turned up and said, this is where Disney is made. This yeah. is it. Yeah. You guys, you're going to be the the flagship, basically. So that pretty much saved, I think, Disney in general. Yeah. And turned it into what it is now. You know. Yep. So yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty interesting stuff to see it because all of them had their difficulties. All the presidents had their difficulties. Yeah. Including Walt Disney. Yep. And um, it was really cool to sort of see that play out. And it's quite a well done doco. Hmm. And the last one is I went and saw last night. I went and saw the gentleman. Mm. Mate, I, I enjoyed great it. Things. No, I enjoyed it a lot. Right. It started slow, and initially I was sitting there thinking, you know, Guy Ritchie was kind of known for snappy dialogue and stuff, and it's not quite there. Feels a little bit forced. But as the show starts to roll on and we start to get into the more of the details of what's going on, it loosens up a bit. And yeah. then you add Colin Farrell. When Colin Farrell comes in, things really start to get going. And um, Hugh Grant is really good as a sleazy reporter sort of telling the story. And it's kind of done in this way of, like, Hugh Grant's telling it as a, a tale, as a possible script. So it kind yeah. of has all these little... Little additions. I saw, I know, I bumped into Maddie outside of the podcasting, obviously, and yeah. he uh, he said he saw it and was, yeah, unenthused. Uh, so he said it was all right. Yeah, I enjoyed but it. Left a little cold, right? Because Guy Ritchie has kind of, he's not really my cup of tea often. I like Snatch, but I don't particularly gravitate towards a lot of his other films. Mm. But I found it quite good. I enjoyed it. So definitely worth a look. There you go. Yeah. For you on a tight ass Tuesday, maybe? No, I'll, I th- I'm pretty sure I'll wait for streaming. On well, you've one. got six of them, so you'll, yeah, <laughs> it'll right. be on there I'll somewhere. I'll find it somewhere, sure. or I won't be able to find it somewhere, and then I'll rage on about <laughs> it and start cancelling a few services until the next month where they yeah. drop one. Just to make on. a statement. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be back <laughs> next month. <laughs> uh, but that's it for me. Excellent. All right, let's take a break. Here's the trailer for 1988's A Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master. has it been since you've been on Elm Street? Don't let them put you to sleep. Welcome to a brand new nightmare. Now no one sleeps! Knew you'd be back. A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4 The Dream Master How sweet Fresh meat <laughs> Now playing it Nightmare on Elm Street 4 from 1998, The Dream Master, directed by Rennie Harlan, action specialist, directed Die Hard 2 and Cliffhanger, produced by Robert Shea, who was the president of New Line Cinema, and Rachel Talali, who had worked her way up the, the ladder by that stage. Mm. A story by William Kotzwinkle and Brian Helgeland. Now, Brian Helgeland, interestingly enough, wrote Man on Fire, and won an Oscar for L.A. Confidential. Mm. And the screenplay is actually by Brian Helgeland, Jim Wheat and Ken Wheat, 
Now, Ken Wheat wrote uh, Ewoks, Battle for Endor. <laughs> are we using which, an uh, alias? This is which how... I'm pretty sure we won't see on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> <laughs> we don't think so. They were actually using an alias. That's how impressed they were with their work. They were calling themselves Scott Pierce. <laughs> <laughs> the two brothers were using an alias. Oh, dear. Well, Scotty Pierce, <laughs> up and comer. Yeah, I think Scotty Pierce only wrote this film. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa Wilcox is Alice. Danny Hassel is Dan. Tuesday night is Kristen. And Robert England is Freddy Krueger. The budget was actually quite a high, $13 million. Mm. Uh, and made a fairly sizable $49 million. In worldwide, I believe that's the highest grossing of the Freddy films apart from Freddy vs. Jason. Right. Oh, and the remake. I think the remake made more yep. money. I believe you mentioned this one's Robert Englund's favourite too. Yeah, I think so. That's something I read. Now, Brian <laughs> Helgeland wrote the script in seven days. Doesn't show at all. <laughs> Was there one? <laughs> He wrote the treatment. In I'd love seven to hear days. him talk about it. He wrote the script notes in oh, seven I days. The, I think he wrote the treatment and they worked from that. Yeah, I reckon. Well, if I'm not mistaken, in Never Sleep Again, Brent Rennie Harlan does make a comment of some at one point saying that they were basically making it up. Yep. Based on a few ideas that were chucked together. Um, so. <laughs> how did you feel about this one? <laughs> hey, what are you laughing about? Oh God! Look, for the, was Rennie telling the truth, Jared? Rennie was talking. Rennie was talking the truth. Yeah. Rennie was, you know. The thing for me about this one is, for a killer where you've got just a just a blank canvas, like an open sandbox to play in, the dearth of ideas <laughs> when he's killing people is fucking indefensible. Yeah. Like it's it's really bad in this one. They don't even they don't even sort of tie things into. I mean, I got problems with things like Super Freddy and the power the power glove and things but like that. At least that. they were but at least tied. they were tied into something that the person was doing or a fear that they had. This one just seems to be bloody random. Yeah, there's a couple of things that are just sort of weak links to what the person's doing there's only really one that i can think of where it's a a legitimate fear that the person has yeah which is the bug the bug this is where like it's where freddy starts to fall apart he's not really wisecracking in this one but he's not scary in the least in this movie whatsoever no the the scariest that freddy gets is when he's in drag <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> I cannot wait to talk that about that. the scariest part of it. Oh. Like when we fucking both said, "Is that Robert?" <laughs> it's just yeah. There's there's just it just feels like it's just patched together scenes, which makes total sense if Randy Harlan's saying they they weren't they had nothing really. They were just sort of patching these ideas together. There's not really any fucking through line for the main characters. And some of the things that they do are just ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, I think it was probably about a two. There was a couple of moments from Freddy that I liked. Not a great deal. The effects were okay. Yep. But it just, yeah, it's just a, it's just a patchwork. Yeah, for me, the FX are quite outstanding. Most of them are pretty good, even today. And I think I love that kind of old-school effects vibe. Even though, yes, it doesn't look as seamless anymore, I love the fact that these guys could kind of take an idea and create something legitimate. Yeah, yeah. Well, anything aside from, like, bolts of energy or things that are, you know, zapping anyone, 
they look kind of shit, but everything else looks, looks yeah. good. Except the, perhaps the bug. Yeah, Just because yeah, that kind of looks a little bit cheesy. Yeah. But I think that would have been really hard anyway. Because but even that, considering well, it's, what they're working with, it's, it's passable. Yeah, exactly. It's well and truly below this quality of Part 3. Um, yeah, to go from simple, part yeah. three to this is quite poor because three still. Yes, I know three was starting to push towards Freddie being this iconic in everything and selling everything. He was by, chatting a bit more, yeah. but he was still there. Was still a creepiness and a, and a scariness to some of what was going on. There's a couple of dream sequences that I think actually work okay, and I think look, I'm going to go into bat for Harlan slightly. I would suggest he was given a mandate that this is what this was going to be. It was going to be the MTV Freddy. Yeah. And I think he does as best as he can. Considering this is really, I think, his first or second film. I can't remember if it's his first. I've got a couple of no, things. To say, I've got a Sorry. couple of things to say about that. But yeah, look, we'll don't get me wrong. It's fucking not exactly. He's not directed with fucking great panache. No, but he does do a couple of stylish things. Um, yeah, and he he. Funnily enough, some of the stuff he does with Freddie is some of the stuff that I thought he didn't do so well. Yeah, yeah, a he, couple of times. Yeah, look, and mainly there's there's a couple of sequences where. I mean, the first time we see Freddy, we see him sort of come back to life, and then we see him kind of walking through the the yard, and it's, it's just like we're we're just following him in. Yeah, it's it's just kind of like, what are we doing here? There's no no menace. There's no nothing to this. Like, yeah, and part of it is because it's just so overlit, and it's shot in such brightness that Freddy, like, as good as those makeup effects are. You can see the seams when the light is shining directly on him. Mm. And it makes him less and less scary. And the film has got no scares whatsoever. There are interesting ideas here, yeah, but they're just couple. fucking but shit they're just, on. They're just, they're just uh, little nuggets yeah. that are left hanging and, and, and by it's, themselves. It's like they, they, they tripped over it. <laughs> yeah. It ended up in there not by design, but just by luck. Just happened, yeah. Yeah, it's two out of five. Like, at one point I was pushing towards two and a half, but I just can't. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm not that... I I can't disagree. I just can't do it. And look, coming back to Harlan, yeah, it's kind of a like... There, He has his... He he puts his stamp on it, I guess. Yeah. Not that I love that stamp, because (laughs) the lighting and everything is so fucking over the top. But he does push a couple of nice sequences. The dream sequences a couple of times he gets some good pieces going. Mm. And I would like to have seen what he could have done with a script with that a script? actually had <laughs> well, a through line. With a and script. Actually, <laughs> yeah, not just some napkins. They <laughs> just turn up on day one and say, oh, do you happen to still have that treatment floating around? Because I don't have a script here. Like, yeah, What are we and, working with? And look. The documentary paints a pretty solid picture that Harlan was basically will work for food at that time. You <laughs> yeah. know, he was looking for work. Yeah, yeah. And he basically hung around the well, office. Well, those sisters said he was sleeping on the couch yeah, in the yeah. office or something like so that. So he was basically saying, I'll, t- I'll take so whatever you got. give him a job and t- <laughs> so he can how afford he somewhere can, to sleep. And how he fucking stumble from this into... Uh, 
at one point, Die Hard 2 was the most expensive movie ever fucking made. <laughs> How he fucking stumbled himself into that, I'll never know, based on this thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I wouldn't have been rushing to throw, uh, throw a, a bigger picture at him. But this is the thing, strangely about Die Hard 2, as a slight side note, he kind of doesn't really know what to do with this, but yet he seemed to know what to do with Die Hard 2. Yeah. Maybe because the script was stronger and well, it was better. Perhaps the circumstances And there were people, so around, people around who already knew the series and yeah. knew what to do. Perhaps the circumstances were so difficult that what we got out of this was like <laughs> an impressive yeah. bit of work. Considering, considering yeah. to the people that knew what was going on, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I don't know. That, that's that's just an idea. That, well, uh, look to me, he kind of directs accordingly to what I think yeah. he probably would have been told. And I mean, Freddie is the, a star for the likes list. Like I had the intro on there. Like the intro is sort of decent, decent enough job of getting us back onto the familiar ground with the dream and the house yeah. and yeah. stuff that we're used to. And that's kind of directed in a in a fashion that you're thinking. Like you're not blown away by it, but you're like, oh yeah, we know this. This yeah. is this is what he we're used to. Somewhat to what made three work yeah. in that opening sort of stanza as well. I actually like the fact that it kind of follows on from three. You've still got the three characters from part three. Yeah, yeah. You have the whole pulling him into the dream yep. piece. So we still well, kind of knew where we were. Ideas that that kind of gets left behind because we pulled fresh meat in well we pulled Kincaid we pulled Joey in then they got shuffled off in in quick quick fashion and then we switched the protagonist which could have been played for a bit of shock value I suppose but didn't didn't seem to have it no but yeah then then the Dream Master stuff is not a patch on what it was in the previous one yeah so yeah it was sort of a little bit disappointing but it was good to I thought that it showed that the last one, the idea was strong enough that you carry it through. And as, as annoying as someone like King Cade can be occasionally, it was good to see yeah. a couple of familiar faces because it's not something we're overly used to carrying on those. To me, though, to me, what I would have done is gone slightly differently and, again, rewrite a nap- another napkin. <laughs> another quick napkin write. Yeah. <laughs> I would have had Kristen as your protagonist to start with. Joey and Kincaid are nowhere to be seen. They've left town or whatever. And then when we pull Alice in, we also pull them back in. Right? And we actually have them as a through line. We kill Kristen as shock value and we still have Joey and Kincaid. Well, I felt like you could have kept one of those around to kind of... Well, to give you the exposition. To kind of mentor in a way because they've been in it. Yeah. But, I mean, it doesn't... Doesn't really matter, but at the end of the day, that would they have didn't been. Didn't really have any of that sort of stuff. Because they only had so. like two scenes before they were both killed. Yeah, those two kills are actually all right, apart from the dog urinating the fire piss yes, to wake Freddy piss. up. The Kincaid stuff is okay. I like the idea of the big car yard. It's a little hark back to where Freddie was buried. Yep. The whole thing where he yells out at Kristen and then it backs up and it shows the entire world is like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I liked his death, you know. I'll see you in hell. Tell him Freddie sent yeah, you. Yeah, tell him Freddie sent you. That, was, that one was where it was like the lines from part three where it's obviously trying to go for that, as you kind of mentioned, that MTV kind of Freddie's the star dropping lines and yeah. stuff. 
but it that one worked. Yeah. So yeah. we were off to a reasonable start. Off to a reasonable start, considering. Joey's death also I didn't mind. Yeah, it was okay. But again, okay. what's the fear? Because well, there was nothing to fear in my mind. See, this is the thing. I don't mind the ones where they kind of take you... They take I guess don't harken back in. to part three as well because how he, the nurse. Yeah, yeah, it, it went back to that, but it took, you know, the environment that he was in that he fell asleep and it was trying to do the old, is he awake or is he asleep sort of, yeah. you know, we knew. Well, look, there's a we woman knew. in the fucking waterbed. <laughs> yeah, we knew. You're definitely asleep. But, but it was sort of like in the environment that you were in. Yeah. That's something familiar. That was okay. But the line... That's where it started to, Freddie started How's this to drop for a wet off. dream? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're starting to sort of move into annoying jokester kind right. of territory. It was a decent use of a waterbed, but let's face it, the waterbed was the shittest bed in the Australian <laughs> world. Was it not? Does <laughs> anybody on. still use the waterbed? No, I don't know if anyone's still using them, but I didn't mind it. I, you I, couldn't get up. <laughs> <laughs> you try and roll out. Just yeah, trouble. yeah, yeah. Trouble. But sometimes you didn't want to. You just stay there. Yeah, true. Anyway, not really a like, but a bit of a laugh, a bit of a bloody karate kid knockoff montage for <laughs> some reason. <laughs> That's definitely the dislikes for me. He he is the worst karate master ever. <laughs> for some screen. reason, I'd forgotten about it. I'd forgotten that we get into that. So then we get to this montage of the bike going, hey, hey, <laughs> and I started laughing. <laughs> I'd forgotten. It's just <laughs> one of those things where you, <laughs> you haven't watched it for a while and you remember particular <laughs> sort of visions I remember this line I remember Listen, that scene I totally forgot uh, the karate kid I have a, a character who's karate skilled yeah hire a karate skilled actor well it's like what I said you know when we were talking about the American accents in the Australian yeah. movies and we're like there are Americans in Australia yeah. <laughs> that would take us a, a small paying role <laughs> So you pick what you're gonna. You, you don't pick what you're gonna give fucking him. Bruce Lee, but no. you need someone who can do that stuff. Okay, so you need a bloke who you know can pull off the you know half decent looking kind of hmm. suave character and can do a bit of martial arts. I mean, shit, you'll find that everywhere in LA. You'll find tons, tons of them. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't. But I have. I cannot believe that someone went. It's between this guy who's got the karate experience for the karate role yep. or this bloke. Now, his talent puts him over the top. Yeah, yeah. I don't see that. Yeah. Why? Like, I'm not saying the actor was that bad. I'm just saying he wasn't a fucking karate guy. Yeah. Like, so he looks ridiculous. <laughs> What's well, true? Even, well, the way that it was done, I think even a bloke with martial arts skills probably would have looked ridiculous. As well. But he could have, someone with martial arts background could have said, okay, well, let's choreograph it like this. Yeah. Good to see that Kristen's mum's still a kind of a thing. Outside. Has not learned a thing. We're outside the, the, the Elm Street house, which, as you said, why hasn't this place been burned to the ground? Yeah, yeah. And she just... Her car just squeals up out of nowhere. She leaps out. Kristen, get away from that goddamn house. Then she just gets back in the car and goes, just fucking burns off. Yeah, yeah. She's a real Good piece of work. Good for a laugh, I must admit. I laughed hard there. Yeah, yeah. Piece of work. I didn't mind. Yeah. There was a couple of lines that we got. We got the Tell Them Freddy Sancho. Yep. The How Sweet Fresh Meat. 
yeah. was kind of bordering, yeah. but I fell on the... Yeah, I kind of like that territory. Well, the idea, it, it made sense when she walks in, you know. Yes, like, yeah, yeah. And it made him look kind of scummy and, yeah. like, that was that was cool. Mm-hmm. That was about it. I was looking at my likes. And, and I like, actually yeah, meant a, a good couple. Lines. <laughs> I literally meant a couple, yeah. I didn't think that one through, but, yeah. There you go. There's a couple of lines that I got. Yeah, thanks for that. Um... Felt it necessary to be mentioned. Look, look, I'm going to bring this up as a like, but I'm also going to sort of throw a dislike in. Dan rocks up to the funeral looking like a member of Whitestake. <laughs> he's, he's in tight black stonewashed jeans, a white collared well, shirt. He black ones. Oh, Jesus. White collared shirt. Suit jacket and thin tie. Nothing wrong with a Look, thin tie. Somebody recently died. Be a professional and put some slacks on, bro, uh, because look. it's a funeral, not a fucking nightclub. He's got his coat. He's got his coat and his tie. Well, let's do away with the traditions. You know, there's still going to be ladies there. I'm going to get in my black jeans and show them, you know, show them what I've got here. I'm going to show them my best. Listen. When was the last time you went to a funeral and saw a bike in green jeans? <laughs> well, uh, I've been... <laughs> if funny, I'm the bike in the casket... That. Funny you should say that because I've been there. <laughs> I've seen it. I haven't worn them, but I have seen them. <laughs> if I'm in the casket, I'm haunting you, I've seen the old jeans, untucked white shirt look a couple of times. Yeah, years. that doesn't look... <laughs> Take a good hard look at yourself. <laughs> I didn't do it. If you've done that, I haven't done it. <laughs> consider, <laughs> consider it next time you go to a funeral. Yeah, that's yeah. Wrong. Yeah, look, uh, you're probably right. You're I, probably I right. wear a suit and tie to a funeral. Yeah, standard, yep. If I don't go with a tie, that's as far as I go. Take the tie off. That's it. Are you saying I'm still you haven't been to one without a tie? Oh, fucking scumbag. Look at you. <laughs> Jesus, you're yeah. fingers left and right. <laughs> I may have been without a toy. I cannot 100% confirm. But I'll tell you what, mate, I'm not sl- I'm not slithering. <laughs> I'm not cheese to go to a funeral. i got more sense than that. <laughs> so I went yeah, to a funeral. You, know, <laughs> you might end up going straight to the White Snake concert after yeah, the Yeah, exactly. Yeah, true, right. true. True. Okay. The Deja Vu sequence. Yes. Where it repeats. Yep. Cool idea. Could have been a really interesting one that could yeah. have been used far more. Oh, I thought it was all right. I thought it's like when Freddy's in control of the dreamscape, yeah. whatever you call it. And it was a wrinkle we hadn't seen. We hadn't seen it. So Freddy is basically forcing you. You cannot help. Yeah, and it's kind of this back and forth, like this idea that the Dream Master can get, in, get other people, like they're sharing the dreams. Mm. But he's kind of fighting back by putting her in a loop while this other thing's going on. Yeah. Like, I didn't mind that. But Good again, idea. It was just this one thing that just got put in and it was just out of nowhere and then it just didn't, nothing paid and off. And to me, it. you could have used it to come back at the finale. She's caught in the loop and then she well, works out how was, to get out of it. There was ways that, I don't know, there was ways that it felt like it could have been worked into better effect. Mm. All right, put some ideas, jot some ideas down on a, a oh. poster note. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, I've got a cocktail napkin right here. We'll just we'll jot a few notes down. We'll send it in. I'll, I'll shoot it tomorrow, and then we'll come up the next day. Go, no, no, sorry, shoot idea. We'll come up with something different. Send it over to Rennie. See if he's interested in doing a reshoot. Now. Yeah, I really liked the sequence where she gets sucked into the cinema screen. I thought that was really cool. It was really well done, effects wise. 
yeah. it was, was kind of had a cool sort of look about it, the old school black and, and white this screen. Is the same thing, like. It's not trying that are we asleep or are we awake, yeah. but it's taking she fell asleep yeah. in this locale. That's yeah. what we're going to use. And she gets sucked into the screen, and then you see all the dead characters the clapping. Yeah. We get into the diner, and she sees herself. Yeah, she's old. Mm. Freddie appears, the pizza, you know. All the pizza, was, pizza was weird. Yeah, it was I weird, mean, but it was all the sort of... The sequence as a whole, I didn't, as a whole, I didn't, I liked I didn't it. mind. Yeah. And this is what I mean about Rennie Harlan. He kind of at least had his finger on that kind of pulse a few times. It slipped off a couple of times. Yeah, he had his finger on the pulse a couple of times, and then I think a few times the finger was on the pulse, and he was saying, uh, I can't feel the pulse. I can't can't find anything here. Uh, It's come back. It's come back. We've got another napkin. (laughs) Found one. I think that sequence was probably my favourite of the the film. It Mm. works as a whole, and I liked it. I liked the way it was done. I find it difficult to single out a favourite. <laughs> well, if it's a two-star I love film, them all equally. it's fucking hard to single out much. But yeah, look, the final showdown was okay. Yeah, um, it did feel a little bit like Freddy versus Jason. A little bit of fucking well, the, kicking people's the thing heads. About in. the rhyme and stuff again, it's just stuff. that's just well, the rhyme was there. No, it was but there. It wasn't the... fleshed out enough to give me the you know the whole idea. Yes, okay. Yeah, totally you can't really buy the way she does him in. It was cool the way all the hands come well, out. Well, that's the, the thing. The way she did, the way she got the job done was a bit silly. But then when he starts being kind of torn apart by the souls that he's, you know, presumably by the souls that he's taken and things like that, it looks cool. It's a cool visual that works. But it's just on top of a, a sort of. It, it's building up on this scene where things are happening that we're like, this, there's nothing. This isn't a payoff to anything. He didn't explain it well enough to use it in yeah, the finale yeah. for me. Yeah, so yeah, mention it. She mentions the Dream Master. She mentions the rhyme, and you yeah. hear a small snippet of it, and you know it's kind of like a second verse to the one, two, Freddy's coming for you, isn't it? Kind of like. Basically, yeah. So the idea was sound, but she needed so. to give me more so I understood it. Yeah. And then you can use that. Like, there's nothing to really to understand because none of it was, was, as we said, there's no kind of through line. There's nothing built up for this to be... It doesn't have to be something that I see coming, Mm. but there's got to be some reason for it to be there. Yeah. And this just felt like, fuck, how are we going to do this? (laughs) We'll just grab at that. Yep, that's what we do. Oh, yeah, the nurse will rhyme we mentioned earlier on. So the stuff that worked was, like, the visual element of him being torn apart and... That sort of thing. And, again, this is what I mean when we were talking about Rennie Harlan, is he's capable with the visuals, but he had the zero to actually work with. So he's not Fair, yeah. he's not sitting there flicking through the script going, oh, yeah, all this makes sense. <laughs> he's just going, what the fuck am I going to do it's now? Right. This is what we've got. Let's just shoot, we'll shoot some shit. Shoot the absolute <laughs> shit out of it. <laughs> we'll just do anything. Yeah. Have you got any other likes? No. Okay. Do you? No, I don't. This <laughs> uh, like the script is just a hodgepodge. Yeah. It is just ideas that somebody kind of cooked up. We better whack that in there. It's a good idea. Yeah. But then nobody realizes that it needs to actually come back somewhere, and it never does. And you can still like it felt like you could you can still get some mileage out of that sometimes, but the the imaginative kill sequences and the set pieces. Sometimes they just they just fall flat. Exactly, and um, too often, more often than not, they fall flat. 
because yeah. there is nothing to it's got nothing to stand on it's just there yeah and then yeah. we cut away, we go to another scene, and we forget about what we just. And like we said, the, the, the imagine the imaginative parts are just not tied into fears or interests or I mean the stuff on the beach. Where the fuck did that come from? Oh, it was go to your happy place. But still, oh, I mean, oh Christ! Yeah, I, I just couldn't. Yeah, I don't know. But even if you go to your happy place, it felt like we should have known some. We should have known something about what's going. What's yeah. going on here? It's yeah. I just felt like the 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 blank canvas was just wasted. You got so many like the ideas that you can come up with for what this guy can do. They were just so they were bland. Yeah. Freddie talks far too much, <laughs> far too much. And I said to you, and I'm not. I'm trying not to be. I'm trying to be diplomatic about Robert England here. I love the man. In several of the Freddy, his several of his Freddy performances are really good. Mm. Part one, part three, even part two, there are moments yeah. when he's good. New, New Nightmare. Nightmare. He works better when he's scary. Yeah. He's trying to be scary. He's fucking awful here. <laughs> he is. It's on par with six. I'm glad you gave him plenty of raps because now you just. <laughs> well, it's on par with six people. with him. Mugging and making all these weird noises when he, you know, like and and laughing, over laughing and stuff. Like nobody's reining him in because there's no reason to. I guess by this stage, that new lines going. Freddie's our star. He gets mass max screen time. We get as much as we can wring out of it, and that's what they just do. And they let him go. And you know what? You were wrong. Yeah. Freddie doesn't work when. This is what you're doing with him. Yeah, I'd agree. He even works better in Five, which is not a good film either. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't love Five. I think Five's a pretty bad movie as well. But I remember when I was watching it, I felt like I was giving Five a bit of credit for at least trying, trying to go back to do something. But yeah, like it seemed like they were in the same situation. Like, Stephen Hopkins seems to talk about that they were essentially receiving pages the day that they were supposed to shoot them and yeah. stuff like that. So they were all under some <laughs> under some duress trying to punch out a successful movie. And, look, this is a funny thing you, you find in a lot of these franchises from back then, is that they, instead, just, of, instead of realising this is a out, money mate. spinner and people will wait and, and give us another saying, year, no, they were saying we need to have one every year. Yeah. Basically, while the fire's burning, exactly. we need to fucking keep throwing paper on it um, as quick as we can. It's not scary at all. No, it's probably one of the least scary of a lot of them. I mean, even part six. I hate part six, but the town without the kids. For how ridiculous ridiculous it is, there's still parts of it where you kind of like, oh, it's a bit unsettling. This one, there's just there's not a shred of scare in it. No. At not all. at all. It's really... And again, it works against what Freddy does best. Yeah. Which is be in the shadows. Well, this is the thing. This the very man. first time we see him, we get the cool scene of the body coming back together. Probably doesn't look as good as like the Hellraiser one, but the mm. body coming back together is a similar effect. It looks pretty good. And then the next thing you know, we get Freddy ambling around the corner of the... Yeah. The cars looking for... Kincaid. Kincaid. But you're looking at it and you're like... As you said, he can see everything. Isn't he's not in shadow? 
he's just he's just waltzing past with the glove up and the grin, and it's like, what are we doing here? Yeah, that this is what I was Why saying. Why is that the I'm, Freddy that caught on? And the same in the classroom. Remember when it's, the classroom starts and you see Freddy in the classroom, and you basically get the shot of the, is, you see um, all of him in the shot, and he just kind of starts walking to the table. Yeah. And it's not fucking scary. It's not played to, out like it's going to be scary or anything. It's just a shot of him walking to the table. It's like they felt like him being on the screen was scary enough, and it's just it's not. And maybe they just weren't going for scary. I mean, it's pretty obvious well, they weren't. Well, but I don't think it's obvious that they weren't. I just don't think they did a very good. Well, job they were kind they of wanted more Freddy. They wanted Freddy up front. I think this is like going for saying, camp. MTV Freddy. They're trying to get him to be the star, and they want him in there more. And but it just didn't really work. Yeah. Well, strangely, you know, it worked. It actually box felt like office wise. In a way, it felt like he was on screen less. Was he? I don't know. I don't know. It just, to me, it felt like he was actually on screen a bit less, but he was not effective. But I think when I mean they wanted to see more of him, it was actually more of his actual visage. You know, here he was. Yeah. Um, we want to see his face. We want to yes. see his burned I think and so. makeup and everything. And I just don't know. That just didn't work for me. No, maybe it didn't. I'm Maybe I'm a crusty old idiot and I want to see Freddy... Yeah, you know, I, I yearn for the days of Freddy in part one. But I mean, you, you you can still see the guy on screen and still like he can still be more present and and scary, surely. Yeah, surely. They didn't do it well. No, at all. Rick is not a karate expert, ass. I think we've, <laughs> we've covered no, that. No, no, he's no. also not much of a nunchuck specialist either. And no. Alice also seems to have turned into a um, a hulking man when she's doing her nunchuck. There's no doubt it's a dude. Yes, yeah, no. Shot from the back. Cousin it from behind. <laughs> cousin it had taken up the nunchucks, and yeah, it was uh, quite amusing actually. I will say that. Bringing him back with dog piss. Silly. It was just stupid. And that sets well, your tone. this was one of my biggest dislikes. He's brought back by just walking back shit that happened in the last one with no fucking reason why it's not working. It's just she can still feel him. Oh, he's not dead. And then Kincaid fucking falls into the... He's dreaming, but then he fucking falls into the bloody graveyard and the dog pisses on it. So we find out his dog can get in the dream when the dog bites Kristen, but then the dog turns up in that dream and pisses on it, and we're back. Like, I get that you need to do it quickly, but fucking put a bit of thought in there, surely. Yeah. It was a really bad way to resurrect him. It set the tone for the aesthetic, so it was all fucking colourful. Well, yeah. set the tone for the aesthetic. Well, the grave is just beaming with red light right there. the flaming piss he's <laughs> <laughs> fucking pink <laughs> so it sets the tone for the aesthetic and it also sets the tone that this is camp yeah you're gonna open with a, a dog bit. fucking pissing to open, open up the grave that he was in <laughs> you're saying that it's camp yeah maybe and camp doesn't work for Freddy Unfortunately, it seems to ring the cash registers pretty well. <laughs> but Yeah, but it stopped ringing the registers after a couple of... Once everyone kind of looked at it and thought, uh, after part four. Yeah, possibly. It's the worst way they've ever resurrected him. It doesn't really have any 
as you say, explanation for his return, and it just fucks it all up by giving this. We're we're campy. We're out more out there. There's more Freddy. There's more color and light, and you know, and the aesthetic is not dark and scary. Mm. So we immediately get off on the wrong foot for me. Yeah. Especially considering part three was made in what eighty seven. 87. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So yeah. a year later, you suddenly got a totally different look and feel for how Freddy's going to be, hmm. and it didn't work. Kristen seems to lose her shit. She says, she comes into school, she says, I think they're, where, where's Joey and Kincaid? And someone <laughs> says, I don't know. And she walks into the classroom, their chairs are empty, and she goes, no! And fucking falls back his wall, hits her head, and I'm thinking, just... Slow your roll for a second. Yeah, I mean, they yeah, could have had cool a bad off. curry and be... Yeah, yeah, they had a meal together last night. Walking off a case of the shit. So they both got the shit. So like, what? <laughs> they turn up could the next day. Could be else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, they're a couple of kegs lighter. Yes, it was a horror story they were involved in. <laughs> but they're not dead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit of an overreaction. And I yeah, see where yeah. she gets it by seeing her mum in action. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you just fly straight <laughs> off the handle. <laughs> well, you don't even have a handle. You just constantly. <laughs> yeah, you've the fucking accelerator stuck to the floor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was funny because obviously you know we get where she's coming from because she, she's the dream master and she knows that this is going on. But it did look kind of funny when she rolled in. And it's followed up by Robert England in drag. <laughs> Which I hope I never have to see ever again. <laughs> he looks like Alice from fucking the Brady Bunch. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Jesus, you're really giving her a kicking, man. Yeah. I, I just mean from the look of him in the dress and the hair up and everything... And he turns around. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I am immediately thinking, that's... <laughs> I am definitely in a dream. This <laughs> But this, yeah, this is the part where, like, this is one of the ones where it's like you've got the, you've got the canvas to work with and the best you can come up with is... <laughs> Let's put Robin in a dress. And then get him to face the camera and show his dirty teeth and go, (laughs) 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 it doesn't work. And just, why not just do it with the the nurse as she was and then she just turns around. Well, that's what, I mean, this is the thing. She starts laughing, just like they did in the first one, remember? They're running in the hallway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And And it's the same girl, she's just got the glove. Part three, although they they probably shouldn't do it the same way. (laughs) 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 Chick with the tits out there, yeah. And the head changes, yeah. They probably could have done it a little, in a a better fashion than that. (laughs) But, He's, he's done it a number of times where he's somebody else. Yeah. It's not Robin England. <laughs> the Are whole drag? I mean- it's one of the silliest ideas. I mean, oh, yeah, it's just, it's terrible. It's a terrible idea. Oh, God. Because it's not like, it's, I'm not saying, okay, I don't care if you're if you're dressed in drag, that's, that's fine. But when the idea is, let's put Robin in a dress for the scare... That does not work at <laughs> all. At all. And again, what were they trying to achieve? 
I don't know. And then he turns around and he dishes out the worst, probably the, one of the worst lines in the film, which is, I want to draw blood. Yes. And then he just starts squeezing a syringe at her. I'm like, what the fuck about this? It's scary. <laughs> no, absolutely nothing. But I mean, MTV Freddy also has to be entertaining, and this but wasn't achieving the purpose. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know what? I think this was written on toilet paper <laughs> and someone had desperately needed to drop a loaf and grabbed a portion of the fucking script. <laughs> I don't know what was going on. It was soft and thoroughly absorbent, <laughs> but it took away peace because a lot of this film seems to be disjointed. I'm going to have to pe- watch five again because I recalled five being one of the worst ones as well, but I had... I had some positives about it, whereas this one I seem to be going down and down. The more, yeah. the more we talk about it, the less I like it. Oh, mate, you mentioned the the beach scene. Yeah, fucking hideous. It's terrible. It is, it is, it is really terrible. bad. Terrible. They have that Jaws riff where his his glove comes up. Yeah. Even that. How many riffs can you think of that would be better than that? <laughs> You can rip off whatever the fuck you want, and this is the best we're coming up with. <laughs> and again, it all comes back to, oh, it's my happy place. But that's it. So? So, f- <laughs> so Freddy can invade your happy place. There yeah. is no happy place. Yeah. It was just silliness. And again, stark lighting. But it's daylight. All, it's, uh, her happy place can be whatever the fuck you can imagine that can work in the budget. Yeah. Do you, do you think this is another one of these cost-cutting measures? Kind of like oh, Rick's death, know. which I'm is sure the worst can, death of the lot. But I'm sure you can come up with something cheaper that's more effective. Yeah. It can be anything. Rick's death is, I believe, if you read, if you listen to the documentary, they, they had more interesting things planned, but mm. they couldn't afford it. So what they ended up doing was whipping together this dojo type of setup, <laughs> and it is shocking. That is the worst death of the lot. Again, that's that's. I mean, when you're working on the schedule and whatever, that's pretty tough if you got something better sorted out. But Jesus, like, that's not the best you can come up with at short notice, is it? I don't know. If whatever they thought it was. I think they didn't look closely at it. No. Because it wasn't done well at all. I've got a lot of problems with the Sheila character. She has limited time, so we really don't really get to know her. I think she says maybe a handful of lines. Yep. She has this ridiculous thing where she talks about, I've been up all night studying, you know, I had time to <laughs> whip together a photon <laughs> bloody plasma. Yeah, a Ghostbusters it's pack. A bu- yeah, yeah. It's a bug it's thing. It's a bug device. Using um, uh, waves, yeah. sound waves. Yep. Which then comes back at the end for a quick zap of Freddy, like having a little kind of, I don't know, what would the word be? Like a little totem from each person that's died to kind of bring the power back. Then she fucking zaps Freddy and it does nothing. So what's it here for? Then Sheila gets attacked in a dream about whilst in in an exam. Yeah. I don't remember her ever saying that she struggled with exams or had a fear or a phobia. No. This thing comes out of the desk that looks like, I don't know, the hand of, like, the Daleks or something. <laughs> yeah. And I, all, all I could think thing. was, 
why is this in here? Yeah. Did she make mention of... It seems like everything they came up with was just, oh, wherever they fall asleep, that's what we're going with. Like, nothing about a fear or taking it other than the happy place. It doesn't really take them anywhere else. And then she dies, and the morgue attendants (laughs) pop her on a girdie, (laughs) chuck a sheet over her, and come rolling out through the fucking front door... (gasps) And I um, shit you not, there are, there are about 60 kids <laughs> crowded around, around the Borg van. It was like the Beatles were in town. <laughs> I mean, park out the back, you bubbles. Yeah, yeah. Have some tack about this. Like, yeah. It was just so stupid. Yeah. I, don't I know mean, what the we didn't even need the for. scene. Not really. We don't need to see Sheila get rolled out. No, you don't need to get rolled out. <laughs> oh, it was bloody ridiculous. <laughs> Yes, it was. It was not. Yeah, it wasn't. wasn't a good one. Now you you sort of mentioned this as well, and we kind of went through the the question, but it's brought up when uh, uh, I can't remember who's talking to their mum, but we started talking about how many people were actually in attendance <laughs> when Freddie got yeah, that's right. It was um, it was Kristen to her mum. Like, we just seem to, yeah, we're talking about all these. Everyone seems you to be. You guys barbecued the boat. Yeah. <laughs> you and 400 others <laughs> yeah, had a bonfire like, and killed him. Yeah, it seems like once we, yeah, yeah, it seemed like it was organised. We sort of, you know, spread a whisper around town. Yeah, we're having a bonfire yeah, yeah, yeah. tonight. Someone yeah. rigs up. Look, we've actually caught up with Kruger. Yeah, we put the him. flyers out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get the word out. Someone jumps on the bike and starts cruising down the street. Bonfire, <laughs> we caught Kruger. Like, it seemed like the whole. The, the entire town was involved. Yeah. There wasn't a fucking dissenting uh, voice saying, oh, maybe, maybe we they just... were. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It would seem that Springfield as a whole decided to kill the boat. But, you know, I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. I think they, yeah, seemed like every... Well, I, the, the sense I got in the first one was that, yeah, there was a lot of... Most of the town was in attendance, but it was a small town. <laughs> I think this is kind of no. The thing for me was the first one kind of indicated it was there was a a handful of parents. One indicated there was like a group that just said there was a group of. There was never there was never a a number thrown out really, but it felt like there was a handful, and you could put together say yeah, you felt like. Eight to ten. (laughs) Eight to ten came together and said, "Let's do it." Not sort of. Eight to ten thousand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We didn't have to hire a small fucking hall or something. Yeah, where are we doing this? Well, the auditorium's booked. <laughs> we better take it to. Um, look, we'll take it to the football stadium. It looks like a penalty yeah. place. Yeah, we get to see five in there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It just felt. Yeah. It, it, it well, seems no to, explanation. It I mean, it's not just this film's fault specifically, but still. No, no, it's not, but it just seems like, yeah, everyone fucking knows about what's going on. Everyone yeah. seems to have had a hand in it. Who's not keeping a secret in Springwood that we yeah. fucking lynched a pedophile? Yeah. You know? Okay. My last two dislikes are all right at the end. The final sting, kind of with him, her flicking the coin into the fountain and then you see his... You see him... Reflected in the the rippling pond for a second. Yeah. No, nah, didn't work. <laughs> no. But just leave it. Yeah, bring it back for five later. And five actually had a decent leading. 
her pregnancy. Yep. Which was a decent idea. And my last dislike is you've just put this movie together about this, you know, maniac serial killer and you end with a song talking about putting hands on me. (laughs) 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 Some sort of fucking sexual song. (laughs) Put your hands on me. Which is exactly what you're thinking about after you've seen Freddy and Drag or something. I (laughs) I just survived uh, being murdered in my dreams. But, yeah, play me out to the ground. <laughs> play me out to the fucking vocal stylings of someone talking about how they'd like to sing. Yeah, it, it, yeah. it went down badly. Oh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> Most of the music went down badly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it fell somewhere between um, Are You Ready for Freddy, which is kind of down there. <laughs> and then, you know, up at the upper end of the scale, we've got Dream Warriors. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a little bit of Goo Goo Dolls. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, it's a sliding scale, <laughs> Slide. I suggest. Yes. But that was it for me in the dislikes category. Right. I've still got a couple. What do you got? We didn't mention the dad. <laughs> who's duking it out with fucking Captain Arsehole from Halloween as one of the worst characters on a horror film screen. <laughs> um, uh, by the name of Andrew Cap. Mr. Andrew Cap. Drunkest motherfucker in history. Yeah. Uh, he's got a bottle or he's half cut or... Oh. He walks up to the hospital and you said to me, how did he get there? Like, yeah, he pulls out the car keys. I'm like, he's not fucking, he hasn't driven himself there. <laughs> yeah, then we were, we were also pondering that she came out and found the car mounted up on the curb yeah, or something. Because yeah. this fuck we just driven and pissed. Yeah, we were expecting, when he starts trying to stop her from getting out of the house, I was like, you know, half expected her to... Piss off, Rummy. Fucking yeah. leave me alone. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Crawl back into the bottle, you fucking scumbag. <laughs> he makes like a Barney Gumble look like a teetotaler. He's always, he's always in a bottle of piss somewhere. But, um, yeah, he's a shocker. He's yeah, yeah. abusing and her about the dinner she's cooked. And, oh. and his character is kind of... He's in it quite a bit for a fucking one-note kind of Yeah, thing. whereas, let's face it, she would have found him slumped in his chair. Yeah. verbal yeah, the entire time. to tell you off about your dinner. All you're getting is a bit of, ah, oh, yeah, <laughs> you can't understand what he's telling you. He's just giving it, he's just giving it to you. Uh, uh, and, a, yeah, he was a shock. Um, he turns up in this next film, <laughs> I believe. Oh, he's got over his grog problem now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's cleaned up his act a bit. Um, he's no longer got a comic strip about it. <laughs> and he's drunk and anti. Yeah, we've got the. Uh, oh shit, what have I Every got time he speaks, few... we don't hear hick. <laughs> and bubbles come out. <laughs> um, I think. Uh, we mentioned most of them. I mean, shit, we've talked about bloody Freddy going rogue and fucking turning up wherever he feels like <laughs> it. But, um, the elevator. Why do we need the elevator? I don't know. He must have just the, been cheap. He was on the can. He was on the can, then he's in an elevator to the dojo. 
Like that whole that whole sequence was fucking Whereas baffling. I would have had some sort of poop related. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I said to you. I was like, "Is the elevator supposed to represent these fucking turd going down the chute or something?" Like, what like, are we doing? Like here? he fasts you shits his entire body comes out. But it starts off. Remember the cheerleaders bust in. Yeah, what's that so all the about? The cheerleaders bust in, and it's like I don't know the fear of being caught in my crap <laughs> by the cheerleaders or something like that. The <laughs> fear of being caught when you strides out of the dunny. By a bunch of women. I know that's the first thing I think. I'm not going to check the check the door twice to make sure that the but chill the first is thing you do in. is go, oh, hands <laughs> over your jug, and, and hold on to any farts that are currently on deck. That's basically all you do. I mean, yeah. it's a fear. It's and fair. Then he's in the, he's, then he's in the elevator. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I think it's weird. that's a product of the lack of money or whatever they got caught up in yeah they didn't really they, they, they suddenly go to the elevator to finish off whatever they had we couldn't have stayed in the bathroom a la part two started whipping people with planes <laughs> with towels Spe- <laughs> speaking of that speaking of that and we had Bobby Shay uh, moving, on from his, moving on from tending bar at the Blue Oyster to <laughs> to teaching the English class. So there was a couple of parallels there. We could have brought things back around. <laughs> Again, I'm checking references in that place. Didn't I, didn't I see you? Did I not see you tending bar dressed like the gimp in Club Hill somewhere just recently? Ah, uh, uh, that was me, brother. Yeah, it wasn't me. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I... I don't know that whole, the whole stuff about the, the elevator and that just just it was terrible. Um, it was shit. <laughs> I, think, I don't think I can. Yeah, I think that that's covered me. That's all you got. Pretty much. I, uh, just in general, like the characters coming off part three, where they all kind of got those alter egos, which kind of made them so much more, more interesting, interesting than the yeah. standard fare. Dropping back to this was just a real... It was a real slide just to jump off a cliff, really. Yeah, exactly. And I think putting part three and part four quickly after each other just shows a massive disparity. Like, if you watch them back to back... Huge drop. Oh, I'd be very, very unimpressed with this. Yes. This is definitely not the worst of the series. I mean... I no. gave Freddy's Dead zero. So, yeah. I mean, this seems like it's actually not bad. But... It, I feel, was the slide of Freddy Krueger. Um, yeah, well, it was that, the start. Although not costly at the box office, it was costly in the sense of they never, they never been able to get Freddy back. Yeah, it felt like from the wet dream line on, we'd started the launch yeah. over the shark. Yeah. <laughs> we just kind of and just kept Craven going. tried his best to get Freddy back in New Nightmare. Yeah. But that was a different beast. There was a different, you know, in a way that was kind of Freddy, a different type of Freddy. It was. Um, so feels removed from the rest. Definitely. That was that was sort of Freddy real, like reality yeah, yeah. Freddy. And when you go back to Freddy vs. Jason, it's better, but it's still, it's still the fucking huckster, the, you know, the yeah. jokester. And... and the remake kind of tried to straddle a line. Well, the remake tried to go back to Scary Freddy, but the remake, like, it was just... The, the movie in general was just shit, so... Yeah. 
So we've never got Freddie back. I still think when I watch that, I still think Jackie Earl Haley wasn't so bad, but he didn't have the stuff to work with so much. And they kind of, the, the, the way that they did the makeup, it took away a little bit of. So early England, you still got the facial expression, you could, you could still sneer and do yeah. that sort of stuff. Jackie Earl Haley couldn't do any of that shit. The face was kind of just stuck yeah. as it was, yeah. you know? Yeah, the remake had a lot of problems, but. It just seems that four is the beginning of the end of Freddy. Four's where somewhat. it dipped big time. And we never seem to have gotten Freddy fully back. No. And, and as I said, New Nightmare, um, I think we got him back to much more what we wanted of Freddy. But again, it was a slightly different thing because it was all out in this whole um, meta. Yeah, it's kind of like a little side project, yeah, really. A, a good one, don't get me wrong. Yeah. New Nightmare is a very good film for me. But... But he looks different. Yeah, he looks different. He's, he's got of, different hand blades and everything. Like yeah. It's all sort of different. And I just feel that four's the kicking off point. And although the cash registers were ringing quite hard... They didn't for much longer after that. Well, <laughs> you know, things dropped off with five, but then they picked back up with Freddy's Dead, and that was probably because That's they were because killing That's because they him. called it the last one. Yeah. But we never quite got back anything no. of, of Freddy at his best. So it's kind of disappointing to think about this kind of being like the one that I look at and just think oh, you know yeah. you wrought this upon us yeah and I don't know whether I liked it but that's me covered off yeah no I think you've uh, summed it up pretty well there that's A Nightmare on Elm Street 4 we're on Podomatic iTunes and Spotify send us an email at thrillme at iinet.net.au we're on Facebook Thrill Me Podcast Australia Instagram at Thrill Me Podcast AU and Podomatic thrillme.podomatic.com. Keep an eye on Facebook for our next episode. But until then, take it easy and we'll catch up with everyone later. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me or one word or lowercase at iinet.net.au.